Dialogic Disciple is an invitation to explore discipleship in dialogue with the world as disciples of the Word. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dialogic Disciple podcast. My name is James Johnson, and I'm here with my co-host... Elizabeth Shaby. Elizabeth, we have a special guest with us today. Yes, we do. Uh, Joshua, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Joshua McClure. Joshua, what do you do around here? I play the organ and make a lot of noise. <laughs> That's what I do. I make a lot of noise. Well, it is great to have yeah. you with us here today. We uh, are starting a new series here on Dialogic Disciple. Uh, the next four weeks, we're going to talk about the faith we sing in correlation and connection with conversation with uh, Dr. Bill's sermon series. Um, and today we are going to discuss uh, oh, oh for a thousand tongues to sing. Uh, but I want to start by talking a little bit about you, Joshua. Uh, do you go by Joshua? Josh, what's your... You know, someone just asked me this yesterday. They said, who do you go? What do you go by? I said, I'll answer to hey you. But um, <laughs> I go by me. I, I feel like my family calls me Josh and I always sign it Joshua. I really don't care okay. what people call me. But... All right. So Joshua doesn't care what you call him. They call uh, me. So. You can call me anything. <laughs> oh, wow. He's opened a big door there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Maybe we should keep it, Joshua. So t- tell go. us a little bit about how you got to Northside and, and why you play the organ and what you think about church music. Just open up Ooh, for us a little bit. How here I got to Northside? Well, I started here two weeks before the pandemic went into full effect. Oh, good timing. Ooh. So I came and then you all disappeared. And I was like, oh, and you were just up here no. by yourself. Playing just the by organ. myself playing the organ thinking they all hated me. Apparently. Um, no, I've been good friends with Michael Devine, the director mm-hmm. of music. And my official title is associate director of music. Wow. Um, and so we went to college together, Wheaton College in Wheaton, Illinois, okay. suburb of Chicago. Nice. The evangelical Harvard. That's I think right. Billy Graham's college. <laughs> nice. Um, and you were actually there in classes together. Yes. How uh, cool. Yep. Did you but take organ with him? or He took organ for about a year and then uh, <laughs> pattered out. And that was my major. So, <laughs> God bless him. But, um, I was a junior when he showed up, and we were just uh, recalling the story of how we got to know each other. And at Wheaton College, there's mandatory chapels Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Oh, I remember that. And like you, Southern Nazarene. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you can miss nine of them a semester, but you, otherwise you have to go. Then you start to have to pay the fines. Yeah. Oh, wow. So there were lovely... I told them to tag it on to my tuition. So. <laughs> Anyway. I don't know if there are fines. It was more like, and you will, we will not be going to Billy Graham's school anymore. Oh. <laughs> Number 10, yeah. I remember that conversation. So, I'm sorry. Anyway, go ahead. No, that's fine. <laughs> so um, it was oddly enough, all the music that was led in that chapel back then, it felt like it was non-conservatory of music students so it wasn't the musicians leading it It was all other you know someone from the physics department or the history department um and it tended to be you know someone who thought they could play the guitar and go up there and of course one day it was a guitar and some other singer and i thought it sounded like shrieking cats or atonal music and atonal music is what i call just hoots and clicks it doesn't have a melody or anything it's just clicks no offense to anyone that loves that god bless you it's my favorite kind of music yeah Yeah. i think we call that uh techno don't we yeah right yeah. computer music so yeah. I flew back to my uh, dorm room on my desktop because I didn't have a laptop in those days <laughs> and shot out an email to this is back in the 1900s yes right? 1900s 
the early 2000s. The computer was like the size of this room. Yes. <laughs> I wish I had a laptop. Because uh, then I would have opened it up right there in the chapel and started sending emails. But I didn't. I don't even know if Wi-Fi existed in that day. Right. That makes you feel old, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, right? No, I know. Dial up. I remember we got, we got Wi-Fi like my sophomore or junior year in college. Okay. I still didn't have a cell phone, and, and you had to get a special card and open up your laptop yes. and put the Wi-Fi card in. Yeah. Oh, wow. So they it didn't come with it. Yeah. They made us do the, you know how you go to a cafe and there's those ports everywhere? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's still exactly, hook up to a port yes. to do everything. Yeah. So I'm in my little dorm room writing my email to people who I think would actually listen to me saying, this is horrible. <laughs> this music is bad, and why aren't we, the Levites, leading the music of the tribes of Israel? <laughs> This got a similar vibe to a social network. Where yeah. <laughs> and Michael was one of those people that I took that to. And thus started the, the takeover okay. of church music around the world. Nice. So, nice. Yeah. So that's how you guys met? That's how you guys got connected? Yes. Or, yeah. And then eventually he came. I was like, you got to come out to my Baptist church out in the suburbs and see it. There's a big pipe organ and choir and orchestra. <laughs> so he came out and then the director of music there got hooked on him. And next thing you know, he's conducting the choir. And there you oh, go. Cool. Wow. That led to him working there. And we worked together there mm, probably two and a half, three years. Okay. And so you I, guys have a history of working we together. We do. Yeah. But the first history was I was his boss. Oh. oh. First to start. Not How that was, I was that? Not that I remind anyone. It was joyful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how the turntables. Oh, turn. <laughs> yeah, so it's payback now. Oh, that's funny. No, so that's how we got to know each other, and we've stayed in touch all these years. He has had several jobs around the nation. I kind of just parked it in Illinois and was in the western suburbs for 15 years. Kankakee, right? Uh, actually, uh, St. Charles, uh, Geneva, Batavia, oh. uh, the Fox Valley area. Pish it's posh. The, it's nice. pish posh. St. Charles is going to be <laughs> yeah. the one. Batavia would be Batavita. Um, more of the working class. It's the last ring of suburbs before corn takes over. Yes. Right. Right. In before the nation, corn. Before That's the exactly corn. That's worked. Yeah. So corn. I parked it there, had two churches, was a Baptist for nine years, was a Lutheran for six and a half. He moved around the nation, and anytime he goes somewhere, I'd be like, "Hey, I want to come see your area and where you're at." Or his organist would need a sub, and so I'd come and sub for him. Nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I actually came here two or three times before I was employed. Is that right? Yeah. So you came and I like to remind Dr. Bill that I was here his first Sunday. Oh. Yes. Because wow. Michael had it was sometime in June, and he had an orchestra, and he said, "Would you come play the piano?" Oh, that's great. How do I know? This. Yeah, I don't know, but I was here. Was it wow. just that Sunday, or were you here? I was that Sunday. I was here. I feel like one Sunday before that, when Gil, Doctor Gill, was here. Okay, and well, maybe one well, Sunday well. after that. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, all right. You've been part so of this I've family a lot longer. Than that's you. right. I've known all about you. <laughs> yeah, all about you. <laughs> You do a great job on Sunday. Well, you're too kind. Um, yeah. I, the, one, the one thing that I love most, so my favorite part of the worship service, mm-hmm. uh, obviously I get a lot out of the worship service in yeah. general, uh, but my favorite part, the part that really makes me just like swell with I know joy and happiness yeah. is is with the, after the benediction, yep. or, or right before no. the benediction, before oh. the benediction. Right after the anthem. Right after the anthem, right? Yeah. When, when you, you, you transition from the last hymn into the, the doxology, doxology yeah. Yeah. and then there's that little... Yeah, yeah. It's so good. You do it's that little so baseball good. thing, and it always reminds me of uh, it. Always reminds me of the, the theme song from um, uh, the Natural. I don't know if you've ever seen that baseball movie with Robert no. Redford. And uh, part of it, yeah, yeah. And that's what happens yeah. when he hits a home run at the yes. very end of the game or movie. Yeah. Spoiler. 
Or maybe starts like Star Trek or something like that. That's all I hear when I take a Sunday off. They're like, dude, you we didn't know what to do. You weren't here. Like from the sound guys in the back. We didn't hear the tinkles to know it was time for the doxology. It is amazing. But whatever it is, it adds this kind of like like culmination to and and lift up to the doxology. It's amazing. That's what I'm praying the hardest, because I'm like, now what chords was I gonna do to get from this key to that key? Oh, it's fingers and Jesus don't feel me now. That's actually really cool to hear you say that because for me, that moment is just like this gorgeous infusion of creativity and spirit movement because Mm. it's like you never know what it's gonna be. And it is just like it's 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 just it's beautiful and it's in the moment and it's just this glorious build. So yes, I I love it. You should be praying too. <laughs> no, that moment comes. We steal a lot of things in church music, and that comes from the Crystal Cathedral, which is the Hour of Power with um, Robert Schuler out in California. That, yeah. It used mm-hmm, to be, mm-hmm. and then down in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Coral Ridge with D. James Kennedy. Coral Ridge Hour with D. James Kennedy at their church, and so their organists would do big transitions. Yeah. Like that. So when I came, I had never really done that before at any other churches. Michael came here and he said, can you do a transition to the doxology? I'm like, I think I can. So, <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Cool. I love it's that. Fantastic. <laughs> so in, in light of that, let me ask you, you guys, both of you, I think, Josh, I don't know how, um, how involved you are in worship planning or he and we michael's gracious and we both sit down okay and he has the final say because he's the boss that's fine but we sit down and plan out four to six weeks okay and try to get all the yeah. details nailed down both of you guys are involved with uh what happens in worship particularly in the traditional worship um i wonder if you guys wanted to talk a little bit about what that experience is like or how how we get our worship together here at Northside church i don't people might be interested in hearing something about that there's a lot of moving parts. That's yeah. what I will say. Coming from a church where the last church I was at was 10 staff members. So it was me, myself, and I uh-huh. running around to, to do things. Um, and the church before that was big like this. But um, there's just a lot of moving parts. And when you've got streaming and you've got people in the front and back of the church and you've got music and spoken word, you're trying to figure out all those details. So a lot of the worship meeting, we're, we're trying to figure out who's on what base, where right, you're going, right. mm-hmm. how's this going to work, so that on Sunday morning we don't look like our pants have fallen down, basically. Right, right. A um, question for you on like on y'all's end in the music um, mm-hmm. area. What does the process look like when you know you know Bill's sermon and yeah. what it's going to you know the text that he's going to preach on? Mm-hmm. So that moment when you sit down, like, all right, what what hymns are going to go with this? What kind of music are going to best enhance this? Like, what does that process look yeah. like for you? Um, first, there's a lot of prayer. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> no, we start out with, I always go to the scripture and I go, what is Jesus? What is God saying here in the scripture? And then often, uh, sometimes a word will hit and then I'll go, mm, maybe this hymn will spark a memory. Okay. Um, and then you, I mean, it doesn't always mean it's the right one. Right. You go from there. Uh, you can do also a lot of cheating. You can go online and type in a scripture passage and say, hymns that go along with First <laughs> okay. John yeah, 3, yeah. 18 and see <laughs> someone else has done the work for you there. Um, I, remember, I remember when I used to, uh, when I was uh, preaching on a regular basis or when I was involved in preaching, uh, I would do the lectionary text. I always do the lectionary yes. text. Yep. And there's a there's a website that's like the text this week, and it gives you like all the background information yeah. on the text. For this the, week, te- yes. Yeah, and, there's uh, that. and it has some hymns in there too. And then there's like sermon it. prep uh-huh. website. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. And, really? it just, and it doesn't give you sermons, but what it gives you is like no. essays and it gives you background oh, information. Yeah. And oh, that's cool. kind of all over the, the passage, web. All over, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there, but there are, hymns are part of that too, I think. Yes. And there are just there are many websites. There's a uh, website called hymnary.org. Oh, I use that one a lot. We should give money to that. We should give money to them because we use that a lot. Yeah. 
But yes, coming from the Lutheran Church with the lectionary, there was a whole handbook. Oh yeah, wow. it was like mm-hmm. here's the answers, <laughs> you know. And I would often move the answers around. I was like, I don't want to do <laughs> yeah, that for this, exactly, this and that. Yeah, yeah. Great. Here there are no answers. So Dr. <laughs> right. Bill comes up with sermon series and sermon themes, and then we sit down and try to look at that. This sermon series, the faith we sing, is kind of an easy home run hit for us because it's right. hymns. Kind of what you, you gotta know? do, right? Yeah. yeah. If he was like, "I'm talking on barn animals," I'd be like, "I don't know, other than Christmas carols, what we're gonna do." <laughs> E-I-E-I-O. Yeah. Oh, McDonald. Yeah. That's not a hymn. So it's a lot. We'll sit down and we'll we might find one hymn and then we'll be like, "Well, where would that hymn go?" Well, yeah. Or sometimes we get in the mood that we're like, "Let's plan all the opening hymns for this series." Oh, that's and cool. Because oh, all the cool, opening yeah. hymn tends, you want to have something big and upbeat and fun at the beginning fun him <laughs> um instead of like quiet and slow yeah okay. um, and so once you get those laid out then you're like okay well what would be good before the sermon and after the sermon and then are there any anthems that the choir can sing that are on any of those okay yeah, yeah or yeah. is there just a, like this coming sunday the anthem isn't really on love divine and love is excelling but it's talking about god's love mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for us so okay So can I ask you this? Do you yeah. have, you've worked at several churches uh, and you've you've been part of worship probably more, even before you went to school. I'm guessing yeah. you had some I've been kind playing of, worship since I was a teenager. There you go. Wow. So I'm wondering over all that time and study and practice and experience, have you come up with kind of a, your own personal philosophy of worship or like how do you think worship, what is, what is the yeah. purpose of worship in church yeah. and how should it be approached? Uh, well, you know, when you sit down to plan a worship service, much like if you sit down to plan a sermon or anything, you would think, well, I'm just going to talk about what I like to talk about right. and what I personally like. You know, I'm going to go to a restaurant and order what I want, and that's going to be the end of it. And if I was just me going to a restaurant, I'd order what I want. <laughs> but now you're ordering for everybody. I'm ordering for everyone. <laughs> yeah. And so I got to think, I always look at it as a smorgasbord. Okay. What can I pick to put on the menu? That there will be something for everyone. Yeah, okay. that's good. Every everything people everything we sing, it, uh, when people leave, aren't they're not gonna like it or maybe resonate with all of it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people come up and they're like, "I just loved everything," and I'm like, "Great, extra credit for you. <laughs> you are a unicorn. <laughs> You're a unicorn." Yeah. And sometimes not. Someone's like, "I really like this hymn," and I really didn't like that other hymn. <laughs> well, I'm glad you like this <laughs> hymn, you know. And so it's really there's this um, dance of trying to remove yourself mm. because you know there's hundreds of hymnals in this hymn book i don't like all of them personally what i actually actually <laughs> I, will, I will be honest with you when people come up to me and they're like what's your favorite hymn i'm like it just depends on the day and the time of the yeah. Season. yeah okay and i will really there have been seasons where i didn't like that hymn and now i love it so yeah. i can't really tarnish any hymn because they're all my children i'm like that Aww. i'm like that with the with the script with the bible like people ask me sometimes what my favorite passages or whatever and yeah. it, it really does depend on the yeah. day it depends on the daytime because i do love them all as i often say in class <laughs> yes. yeah, they're all yeah. my children i like that so you're sitting there you're trying to play a smorgasbord you're trying to even it out you don't want every hymn to be upbeat and loud every hymn to be low you know slow and you know lethargic so what can you do that there's an even mix and an even keel ingredients to yeah, make you know there, that's good the other thing is there is no perfect worship service and no worship service is identical i have never and i don't think michael has ever we've never just gone into our file folders and been like ah oh, this worship this service from 2014 will work good this sunday <laughs> done <laughs> next no i always like to come even with like christmas eve and easter yeah everyone i remember what pastor was telling me says all people want to hear on christmas eve and this wasn't dr bill this is what i hear silent night oh holy night uh sing a few christmas carols hear the Christmas story told and go home. Yep. But I always come back to the Christmas Eve service and go, what can I tweak? Yeah. 
selfishly because I have to do it five times. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But, but also just to give it a fresh coat of paint. Sure. You yeah, know? And guys so we, doing a new thing. You know, Michael and I are going to sit down in a few weeks and look at Christmas Eve and go, are there a few things we can tweak? There and go from there. I, I would say you guys should lean into some plant and garden imagery. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, as we're okay. working on the Advent devotional right oh, now. Really? I yeah, wonder yeah. why that is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a little, little something to throw out there. So let's let's talk a little bit about this hymn that Bill preached on on sure. Sunday. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. This yeah. is Charles Wesley. Uh, as we learned on I Sunday. call it the national anthem for Methodists. All right, yeah. So, oh. t- can, so let's yeah. start. Yeah. Let's start by talking about your experience with this hymn. Why you? you know, with, I kind of gave you guys choices to what hymn yeah. you want, which what service you want. Well, you picked this one. I chose it because um, I have a teacher who has since passed. His four four year anniversary of his passing is coming up here soon. His name's Aww. Ken Baden. You can't see him here on the podcast, but I'm Aww. showing a little picture Aww. of him. Aww. And he was my first organ teacher, and he was at a Methodist church for 36 years. So he knows the, the song. same Methodist oh, wow. church. He would like to Ooh. say it. he saw 22 pastors roll through the door oh, wow. Wow. between 1959 and 1996 or something like that. Wow. Um, but he would be thrilled. He didn't get to see me be a Methodist. I was a Lutheran at the time <laughs> when he went to heaven. But he would be thrilled, and he probably had a little doing up there in heaven and things around for me to be a Methodist. Aww, so that's awesome. I have always loved the hymn, Oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing. It's upbeat. It's peppy. It's got a great text. It has more verses than anyone wants to know about. Um, <laughs> Something like, what, 18? It has 18. And 18. matter of fact, Oh, for a Thousand Tongues was never the original title, which I, sadly enough, learned that in the last few days so. yeah right <laughs> right okay i knew it had a lot of verses didn't know it was 18 so i did suggest in the worship meeting i said shall we sing all 18 <laughs> to which i heard crickets yeah so I, no when go. bill was talking about the ones some of the past some of those lines or stanzas that got mm-hmm. cut out with the harlots and publicans and thieves yes. and holy triumph join uh-huh. murderers and all yellowish crew uh-huh. i don't oh, know wow. i think those kind of fit let's go that's yeah, awesome are, there's a little bit there um, it's an exciting hymn, just in the general. If you think, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing that great Redeemer's praise. I always say on a Sunday morning, if I can hear the congregation sing or they sing, it makes me excited. It lifts my yeah. spirits and my heart. Yeah. And therefore, then I want to lift their hearts and it, you just play off of each other. Mm-hmm. So if you can think what a thousand people the singing is like. I can't even imagine. Well, yeah. Awesome. I can imagine what heaven is like with everyone singing. That's, yeah. The infinite amount there. So... This reminds me of something, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I f- thought I remember you saying something about as we're doing this sanctuary renovation mm-hmm. and looking towards changes that need to be made yeah. in there, it, something that could possibly change will be the acoustics in there and how yes. to get, how, to, how we can hear the congregation better, yeah. how so people don't feel so alone when they're yes. singing. The best way to describe it is everyone knows what it's like. TMI to probably sing in a shower. Yeah. And you, your voice echoes around. I sound fabulous in the shower. You sound fabulous in the shower. And so the idea is that when you can hear your voice kind of bounce around and there's acoustics and you don't feel alone, other people are singing around you and your voices are reverberating, you're more likely to sing. Versus if I put you in a real dead room, being there's just no bounce of your voice and say, now sing for me, you'd be like, oh, I'm terrified. So the idea with good church setting is to have a room that's a little more reverberant. When people sing, their voices are magnified. They want to sing more. 
versus a dead room where they, you can hear yourself and you're like, oh, I'm not going to sing. So currently our sanctuary is probably our a little bit more on the dead end. It is a little more on the dead end. It's not. I have been in deader rooms that are just carpeted wall to ceiling with carpet. Um, oh, wow. But our room is fairly good. When you get a lot of bodies in there, you know, right. fabrics and stuff like that absorb the sound. Right. So I mean, okay. we need more people in worship in order to get the sound. Uh, right. There's a Cash 22 situation. There right? you go. Yes. Yeah, so. Eight nine nine thirty eight no eight eight thirty nine o'clock and eleven fifteen. I should know the time. That was going to be a really good. I mean, you have to be here all morning. Well, so I, I really just, just yeah, it's fine. I come at seven and leave at twelve thirty. So tell me oh, about this event. So um, what at, have you read the eighteen stanzas here? I haven't read all of you them. You haven't read all of them. Oh, okay. No. I was going to ask you what your favorite one might be or what your favorite. It would be stanza hard reverse. to diverge from oh four thousand times. Right. The same. Yeah. Michael and I were talking about that. There are some powerful texts in here, yeah. but sometimes the, when it goes to singing it, it sounds a little clunky. Yeah. Glory to God and praise and love be ever, ever given. It's falling away from that. Yes, versus oh, four, a thousand tongues through singing yeah. that great redeemer's praise. It sounds a little more poetic. Not to say anything against Charles Wesley, God rest his soul, but um, <laughs> I, I do like the line, my gracious master and my God assist mm-hmm. me to proclaim. That, that is God, nice. That yeah. we, we call on God to come and help us as we sing and praise. That is cool. Our maker. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. that. That's good. Um, he breaks the power of canceled sin. Sometimes on the organ, I'll try to act like I'm a sledgehammer and pull a little more reedy sound like we're breaking the power of canceled oh, sin. Oh, that's cool. I call oh, it text painting. <laughs> nice. People are probably, you probably don't notice as much text as you do my tinkling between the docks. <laughs> so I'm going to listen for it now. Though. Yeah. That is, you listen for it. Sometimes it will show up. <laughs> but yeah, I did not know that there was murderers and hellish crews and harlots and publicans and thieves yeah it's, it's crazy maybe yeah, but he just kind of went off on a on a whole thing yeah. but how great is it harlots and publicans and thieves in holy triumph join saved is the sinner that believes from crimes as great as mine mm-hmm. this is beautiful no yes we are saved thank goodness thank right? goodness indeed jesus the name that charms our fears that bids our sorrow cease i to this day i'm 37 years old i hate the dark <laughs> I do not like it. Really? I just admitted my deepest, darkest. Yeah. That's what we're here to do on Dialogue. There, right. there you go. As a matter of fact, when the lights go out, and they do a lot around here at the church they and do. at home, for some reason here in Atlanta, the power just goes. It's, it's not really stable. questionable. Yes. So I've got these little emergency lights around the house. Oh, that they, will come, they come on. on. Yes. Yeah. They, they probably terrify the cats more than they do me. But I'm like, oh, look. Light. There's light. light. Let there be light. The fact that Jesus, the name that charms our fears, you know? Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, when I, we, I was also, I was still I'm not crazy about storms or tornado sirens going off. Oh, yeah. fact, tornado sirens went off all the time in Illinois. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I grew up in Oklahoma. I had that yeah. same experience. Yeah. Yes, but I used to I used to lose my Jesus when that would happen. Yeah. And so I remember Dad teaching me the passage from 2 Timothy, the Lord has not given me a spirit of fear, but a little Aww, power yeah, there you yeah. go. and a sound mind. So Jesus charms our fears. That's really cool. You know, there's it's, a lot of there's a lot in connection with uh, Charles Wesley's own life as he's writing this, you know, um, uh, Bill talked about their trip over to Georgia where John and Charles come over here. Mm. I can't remember if it was on their way over or if it was on their way back, but they were in a in a obviously in a ship and um there was a big storm Ooh. tossing the boat around and everyone mm-hmm. thought they were gonna die and Charles and John were both like we're we're, we're they were freaking out. They were like like you in the dark, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh and mm-hmm. and then or when the when the tornado sirens go off and then they look over and see these Moravians that are just singing and peaceful and they, they all know exactly what's going yep. on and they're all they're all in the hands of jesus right yep and they looked at that and they said we don't have that 
And that's one of the things oh, that started wow. their kind yes. of spiritual crisis is that, yeah. that we don't have that. Whatever that is, that's Jesus. Yes. We don't have that. Yes. Wow. Um, or sometimes so. when you hear stories of people who are on their last, they're on their deathbed or they're, or they've lost their memory from dementia or whatever it may be, and someone starts singing and they can just call back the hymns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that those stick with us or scripture or whatever it is. Um, I wish I wish I could say in every moment of my life when <laughs> when Robert met the road that I was singing a hymn, but yeah, it has access to our heart and our imagination yes. in a way that simple words communication very don't. very much so. This is, this is silly, but um, I had a, a dog when we were in high school. It was a little boxer. That is silly. It had a, a silly story. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the dog it turned out. I mean, the dog ended up. It had to go back to Jesus because it had like oh. a, a leaking pancreas or something that was wow. actually like making oh. the dog crazy oh. um and so it was oh, no. just it was a not so little dog and it would just to go back to jesus <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was sad but um this, so the dog That's would a just great story so far <laughs> all dogs go to heaven oh, and yeah, cats no. too and cats uh-huh. too you hear there that dr no bill cats, cats too. in america <laughs> cats too <laughs> but the dog would just it would just freak out randomly and this we sang this hymn a lot in the episcopal church that i grew up Ooh. in and so it's always it's been one of my favorites okay. and i know like a lot of the lyrics and yeah. so I would sing it all the time I swear this song would calm that dog down like I would really? sing to it and it would really? chill out when it was just like losing its Aww. mind in its little crate and freaking out I would sing to it yeah and it made it better so that, that's my memory of this that's hymn that's cool I don't remember I mean I grew up in a Pentecostal church I'm sure this was Man, in you the got hymnal. a lot yeah. of you're drawing from so many different spiritual I'm a spiritual on the spectrum yeah. <laughs> I'm a spiritual mutt and all dogs go to heaven yeah <laughs> So Pentecostal with a, a, a smidge of Catholicism in there to begin with. Of course. Then of course. to uh, like a moderate. A little Eastern Orthodox that's thrown right, in there. A little moderate flavored Baptist. ELCA Lutheran. Even got a little hymn wow. in there somewhere. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know where it's next after Methodist, but I don't know. I am not a cradle Sounds anything. Sounds like Anglican to me. So, but I don't remember us singing Oh for a Thousand Tongues to Sing oh, yeah. in, in a Pentecostal church, but I feel like this came up probably in college that I got to know it better or as a Baptist. Okay. Speaking of oh. your, your background, your roots, and your kind of spectrum of belief, Mm-mm. spectrum of spirituality, we'll say. There you Ooh. go. Uh, yes. you, you got to play in the contemporary worship service not too long ago for I Labor did. Day. What did you think? How was I that experience? Did. It was, was fun. Yeah. I grew up, I mean, the church I grew up in uh, was mainly contemporary worship. I mean, they first started with a little B3 or Hammond organ, which is what I played on Sunday yeah, in the yeah, service. Yeah. Nice. And a grand piano. And then the 90s came along and they moved to contemporary worship, integrity, Hosanna. You know, praise, yeah, wor- praise and worship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have been all over the place. The last church I was in, I led contemporary worship and traditional worship. Um, I thought it was fun. Everyone was like, what did you think? How was it? I was like, I was so happy to not be the main one-man band for one Sunday. Because, <laughs> you know, when they, you all say, praise be to God, Abed, it's the show's mine now. <laughs> How do we make this thing work and get her going? Versus when you're in a band and with your mat, everyone else is carrying along and you can just add a little bit to the yeah, potpourri cool. of color. And that if is, you mess up oh, or miss cool. a beat, that is very you know, cool. But if I miss, missed the beat on Sunday morning, you'd hear it because it'd be like, the organ stopped. What happened? You know, like, <laughs> Do you want me to get, I'll get a little drum kit and play behind you. In, you in could. Show. You could. <laughs> and Bill get with his tambourine. Yeah. Uh-huh. Bill with a tambourine. He's you, broken a few of those. I do have sleigh bells. Oh. Sleigh bells ring. We've got timpani. We've got all sorts of wow. stuff. Wow. Well, all right. Come up there. Let's Maybe I join the handbell choir. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, that's great. That's a fun little commentary on community, right? Like getting to be part of something and yeah. people yeah. can kind of cover up if you do mess up or if you need yeah. a minute. And no, I like it's, that. It's very neat. And it, there's some, something very unique about a praise worship team band, whatever you want to call it. Everyone has their little flavor that they add. And it's not someone, it, you know, with a choir and an anthem, everyone uh, doesn't sing all the time, every measure to the end. Mm-hmm. Same yeah. thing with the band. There's times I wouldn't play and Matt... Matt would be playing on the guitar and the keeper might be this and then the drums come in and then I come in and you just kind of like, okay, it sounds good here. It doesn't yeah. sound good there. You know, an orchestra, they're all like, this is what's on the music, this is what I'm playing, this is what right. I don't play. There's a little more freedom maybe. Or There's a little more free, spontaneity. spontaneity. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. Matt can say, that sounded good. Or Matt can say, yeah, you have some people, more people should play here. Yeah. Or less so people <laughs> Did here. you have the freedom to just kind of join in whenever you felt like yeah. it was right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and he would give tips and we would go about it. But I, it was a really a blast from the past sitting there with it. Cause it That's cool. Because the B3 makes a cool sound. It does. It's like Jeremiah. So, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Nice. Yes. Right. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. Stevie Wonder. This is great. Is there anything that you that we didn't talk about that you wanted I to get in there? I think the only thing I want to talk about, and you don't have to try to get this in here, was the anthem we sang on Sunday was from my organ teacher. All right. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell let's talk us about, about that. that. Yeah. So the anthem uh, was from my organ teacher, and I didn't know this anthem existed at all until I inherited all his music, was going through it, and it literally fell out. Oh, wow. I picked it up, oh, wow. opened it up, and it said, uh, commissioned by the Chancel Choir of Asbury United Methodist Church, Kankakee, Illinois, uh, Kenneth Bade, Mr. Bade, mm-hmm. Director of Music, celebrating the Bicentennial of Methodism, wow. 1984, Aww. which was a big whoop-de-doo, I'm sure, yeah. back in 84. So I don't know if we'll be alive in 2084, but <laughs> to do it. Anyways, yeah, it fell awesome. out, looked at it. It is arranged by one of his students, Ovid Young, who was closer to age than him. They both are in heaven now, Ovid Aww. and um, But I knew Ovid because he was a professor at Olivet Nazarene University in Bourbon, Illinois. Right. Mr. Nazarene here I'm yeah. looking at who knows yeah. a little bit about Nazarenes. And so they, they knew each other and so that's why Ovid wrote this for him. Anyways, it fell out. I played through it. This was before I came here. And I thought, oh, wow. you know, I would love to do this but the Lutherans they just well, they're, they're not that type of thing yeah um, and then I came here and I was like Michael we should and we played it through and loved it so we've sang it three times now oh that's uh, great that's really so cool so I think of him tell us yeah. what, what what about him made him so special to you because clearly was an important person in your life he you know I, I got to know him through a piano teacher that I had in the area and I remember saying I really like the organ would love to play it didn't uh, take official lessons until I was a sophomore in high school mm. um, and a lot of people said in my elementary and middle school and high school years they're like you have to learn more piano and you have to have this much proficiency and you have to have a pipe organ in your home <laughs> oh, well, wow. the answer to that is all no. no I did have a Hammond organ in the home and drove my parents absolutely nuts <laughs> God bless them I think Thank I had you, a Casio little Casio I have one of those too but tiny the Hammond thing. organ didn't have headphones so <laughs> so I got to know Ken he taught in the area and I remember my father taking me to my first lesson and it was kind of like just to see if this would work got to know Ken he taught me for several years and I knew him till his passing um, but wow. a profound man who taught me to use my ear when it came to registering the organ so that would be pulling the different stops to make the different sounds okay yeah. you can be academic when you sit at it and go two plus two equals four and this is how the sound will go or you can say, should I venture out here? That makes a little more lovely, lush sound. This makes it a little more thin. Yeah, that's really cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and then he was always just very encouraging of using my ear, too, as well, to lead a uh, congregational song and to improvise. What a gift. So just a, an absolute gem of a man. Um, and he always said, you know, keep your heart and mind close to God. And he says, you're on the right track. 
my friend. <laughs> buddy, he'd say. <laughs> so he'd be thrilled. I'm sure he <laughs> knows so happy that I'm a Methodist that now. Working for Just a beside Methodist himself. So <laughs> I'm sure he had something to do with it. I remember that you had a connection with uh, with Olivet. I couldn't remember exactly that's who right. it was, but yeah. Oh, Olivet. Oh, Olivet, yeah. Nazarene University. Yes, that's right. I was never Nazarene, but they were all around me. Yes. So that's it's what it's like up there. Yeah. Um, that's great. That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. Yes, thank you for my doing pleasure. that. Yeah. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. Uh, oh Joshua, thank you so much for joining us, taking time to join us today. My pleasure. Uh, my pleasure. As and they'd say at Chick fil A, my <laughs> pleasure. Yeah. My pleasure. Or they should say, my pleasure. <laughs> Elizabeth, as always, thank you for being with us. Happy to be here. Great talk today. And we'll see you guys next week. I think next week we've got Michael Divine coming on. We're going to talk about Love Divine or Love Excelling. He wanted that Divine, divine song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but we'll, uh, we'll see you guys next week.